Today on Locked On Red Wings, Carter Mazur is activated off the IR and our thoughts on the team 10 games in. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J-A-W-W-J News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as the freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $100, $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's a $150 back if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Scotty, uh, off the episode. Tomorrow's an off the episode as well. So we figured we'd kind of keep it light. The Red Wings are now 10 games into the season. Uh, so we want to talk about what our thoughts are so far, trends we have noticed with this team, um, whether or not our comfort level with this team, what our, what our comfort level with this team is, rather. And on top of that, mention the players that we think who have impressed, as well as players we want to see more out of. Um, that's going to be the bulk of the episode, but we want to lead things off here. Red Wings announced today, Scotty Carter Mazur activated off the injured reserve and sent to Grand Rapids. That is, I mean, this probably the most exciting news. I like let out an audible hell. Yeah. When he got <laughs> activated off the IR, because not that I expected him to be in all honesty with the Red Wings soon. Um, but this is a guy that Derek Lalone himself had said he had expected to compete for a, roster spot yeah. in training camp prior to the injury. And now he's getting a chance to go down to Grand Rapids, who he had six points in six games with at the end of last season to condition himself. And I mean, at worst case, just have a hopefully really nice season in Grand Rapids. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when we going into the season, we kind of <clears throat> not made like an actual list, but in our heads and we kind of talked about players who we think when injuries do inevitably happen at the NHL level, who is going to kind of be in that group of like first people to get called up from GR. And, and I think that, you know, within a couple of, of games, once they think his uh, what's the word conditioning is like where they're, they're comfortable and confident in him again, he will probably be immediately in that, in that kind of group of three or four guys that we've talked about. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. And he, like I said, he, after having two successful seasons with University of Denver, including one national championship, he goes now to the Grand Rapids Griffins. And, you know, he, he was so good at the end of last season. I'm just really hoping. I guess my question is, Scotty, I mean, if Lalone thinks, and we, we, like you said, we had him as our dark horse candidate to make the team out of training camp prior to the injury. And he looked good in the prospects tournament for like that one half a game or whatever it was he played before he got injured. Yeah. Do I think it was half of one game, <laughs> right? It was like one half of one game. Do we think that he gets healthy and he can actually maybe push for a look here with the red wings, be it the nine games at the end of the season, or maybe even partway through when injuries start piling up. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I do clearly, right? Like I, I, I think that he will be in that group of like three or four guys down there that are going to be the, the the first people to get the call. If, if somebody goes down, um, I don't think he'll be at the top of that list. Like, I, I don't think, you know, we're going to see him in, you know, like three weeks. If somebody gets hurt, I don't think we're going to see him. Uh, but I, I do think that 
he will be in 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 that group of of players. I I really do. I it, it would it's always a, a, a weird conversation too because like you can't predict injuries. Like I, I don't know how injured we're gonna be in like February and then like you know at the end of the season as well. Um, I guess once he has nine, once the team has nine games left, I guess it changes a little bit. But you know, like I. I don't know how how banged up this team's going to be, like in the heart of the season, you know, like from games thirty to to sixty. Who knows? But um, I, I do think that he'll be in that conversation. I, I I would at this point, honestly, unless he just like really struggles for some reason, I would be pretty surprised if he didn't get some of his nine games this year. I think that that's that's a, a pretty a pretty safe uh, safe maybe not the right word. I feel I feel relatively confident. It's October, but like I feel relatively confident that he's going to get that at the time being. Uh, I'm just really glad he's healthy above anything else. Like, right, and I know that's like cliche, but for right now, even more so than thinking about like you know how quickly can he move up or whatever. I just want to see him in GR. Like, you know what I mean, yeah. like I, I just want to see him like play hockey for the first time in a while. First for the first time really this season. Um, I I just want to see what he looks like out for Grand Rapids. So yeah, I, I, again, I don't expect him to be like the first call up, but I do think that once you get maybe three or four forwards down uh, at the NHL level, hopefully that doesn't happen. But if it does, I think that he, he could be one of the calls, you know, sooner maybe than people realize. Yeah. I mean, the most exciting thing about this, this is that on Saturday, the Griffins are the AHL game of the week. So you're yeah. going to be able to watch the Griffins play for free on Saturday and watch Carter Mazur live from the comfort of your own home. And that's going to be a real good look for us. Now it's of course at the same time as the Red Wings playing the Bruins. So I might have it up on my phone and just kind of glance at it. So who knows how close of a look I'm going to really be able to see, but if he does anything great, like, you know, those highlights are going to be circulating on social media. And I, I agree with you. I think that it really depends on the team's playoff positioning. Like if the team's really pushing for a playoff spot, I don't think that they're going to want to mess the roster up too much by sure. giving like normally, you got to give these guys nine game stints here and there. If there's either injuries or like you're at the end of the year and you just want to give these guys reps um, and your team's not in it. But with the, if the Red Wings are in the thick of it and they're healthy, I don't see them giving him a nine game stint because they don't want to risk messing up what they have going on. And again, that means, but well, that, that being said, um, if he earns his roster spot, if he earns a roster spot, he absolutely yeah, yeah. will get it. But he has, he has players to compete with. And Zach Aston Reese, Austin Zarnick, guys like that who are signed to be your depth veterans to call up if injuries occur. So while I threw it out there as an idea that, you know, could we see him later on? I do, I don't actually think we're going to see him too terribly much this season um, because we have guys in the depths that are signed to serve that purpose. Unless, of course, Carter Mazur then shows out shows up and shows out that he is like NHL ready. But I think it's going to, especially with how much time he spent on the IR here to start the season, it's going to take him time to get back up to speed. That being said, I'm with you, Scotty. I'm really pumped to see what he can do with Grand Rapids and see how he can progress. For sure. Yeah. I, uh, like I said, he, he's certainly not on the top of the list. I think he's, <clears throat> he's more of uh, like, if, if injuries really piled up, then we would like be having this conversation a lot more seriously, but I I don't think he's uh, he's the first call, but I I, I really do think that he's uh, he's kind of in that in that group. So it, 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 we can't predict injuries. Who again? Who knows what this roster is going to look like from like December to March uh, or December to February? But um, yeah, I, I think his play along with just like unfortunately, you know how banged up the NHL roster is at that time. 
will kind of determine a lot more and answer that question for us. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to go to an early break here because I think that pretty much wraps up our thoughts on Carter Mazur. Just really excited to see him get started in Grand Rapids. He's a dog. That's basically, that's the summation of what we had just talked about. Um, We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we're going to talk about our thoughts on this team 10 games in. I posed a question to you, the people on Twitter. Late last night, I was still riding high for that uh, New York Islanders win, and so I was just tweeting like crazy. Uh, plus the Lions six and two at the bye, loving it. It's been great the last Blaming couple of days. me for not switching accounts. That was funny. Come on, that was just funny. It was not funny. It was hilarious. I always switch accounts. Uh-huh. Uh anyways, when we come back on Lockdown Red Wings. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do all of that with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments, and Virtual Interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed knows when you're growing your business, you need to have you need to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring today. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on. Locked on, rather. Whoosh. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed you do. Nice. <laughs> Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Locked Om. Locked Om Red Wings podcast Locked now, apparently. Um. That was great. Fantastic work by me, uh, honestly, if I do say so myself. Anyway, Scotty, uh, the game, the game. Oh, my Lord. The season is 10 games in. You're crushing it. I'm just crushing it today, man. I And I, I have a lot of prep work today, and I was really proud of myself. I was like, this is going to be a good episode. And I'm just the start of this segment and and ten games. Uh, ten <laughs> ten, <laughs> uh, ten seasons ten or whatever games. it was. I didn't say ten games though, but whatever. We're moving on from my flub, um, right? Yep. I hate you. Uh, I posted a, a tweet, a poll to you, the people, last night, and I asked you guys. We're ten games into the season. Uh, we've seen a lot of highs already. We've seen a lot of lows. Despite that, the Red Wings sit second in the Atlantic Division. This was as of Monday night uh, with a 6-3-1 record in 13 games played. Now, context is important here. The Red Wings are the only team in the division who have currently played 10 games. Mm-hmm. So that has helped to bolster their point totals. It's great that they've been making the most out of it for the most part. 6-3-1 is a great record to start the season, and I will not complain about that record whatsoever. Um, I asked, how are we feeling about the team's outlook so far? The options were, they look great playoffs better just but they just miss underwhelming and of course it's too early still to tell um surprisingly i think the logical answer scotty and you and i spoke a little bit before we began spoiler alert on your answer we both agree of course 10 games in it's still too early to actually tell um 30 of the people voted that of the 321 votes but the one that got the most answers after the overtime win to put them at six, three, and one was better, but they just miss with 40% of the vote. I'm surprised on two fronts. One, I thought Red Wings fans were a little bit more rabid than that. I'm disappointed in you guys. <laughs> come on, come on now. 
Uh, but also that it, it is honestly just, it is still too early to tell in all honesty um, to save. So to say for sure. So to have a 10% difference between those two was surprising to me. Uh, they look good. They're going to make the playoffs with 28% and just 2% of the 321 votes. See that the Red Wings have been underwhelming thus far through the first 10 games of the season. I would really like to hear what that 2% thought the Red Wings have done that has been underwhelming compared to what they were doing last year. But anyway, Scotty, I mean, that brings us to our part of it. You know, how do we feel about this team so far? And obviously we both feel too early to tell, but if you had to choose between the other three responses after witnessing these 10 games, what would you think? Yeah, I'm, I I do think that it is too early to tell. I, <laughs> that is my vote. That That is the answer. I'm... I think 10 games is a really good like time. I, I like this episode because I, I think this is a good mark to kind of like sit on the ledge and, and realize like how we got here and, and kind of look back at what the season has been so far, you know, cause we, we do a lot of like game previews and whatnot. We have a couple days off here. So we have the ability to really just kind of like gauge what the season has been so far. That being said, I'm, much, much, much more fascinated in where this team will stand on like American Thanksgiving. And like people throw out the stat all the time, but I, I really do think it, it, you know, it's, it's like what over 80% or over 70% of uh, teams who are in the playoff picture on American Thanksgiving end up making the postseason. Like it's, it's a very, very high percentage. And so I think for now, like I don't think anyone's expecting the wings to like remain atop this this division or like be in the running for like a top two or three finish. Um, so I'm 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 very, very intrigued with the next like three weeks. I think that that's gonna be super telling. We got some interdivisional uh games obviously this week that will be really telling as well. Uh, I'm not to say like, like we're going to have the conversation today and obviously that's why we're here. And, and I do think it's 10 games is a good starting point, but I think for me, it's too early because I'm much more interested in three weeks from now where the wings are at, uh, with, with some more games under their belt, which I guess is like fairly captain, obviously to say, but, um, that, that check mark is like the big one in my head. Like what, once we get to Thanksgiving, like that's a, that's a really big check mark to me. Um, so for now, I, I lean toward just like too early. Yeah, I mean, obviously it is too uh, early and I echo all the sentiments that you just said. And But if you had to put a gun to my head and I had to give you like an answer on the other three, I mean, right now, six, three and one to start the season, but also taking into account everything that they have done. And this isn't the, I was just, I was just being critical of our Red Wings fans who are supposed to be like the, you know, all the teams making the playoffs, but you know, I'm with them. I agree with them. I would have been the part of the 40% that voted they're better, but I think they still miss the playoffs. And you know, that's despite the fact that they're six, three and one second in the Atlantic division, as of recording this on Tuesday, because obviously we record before the games, the, well, there's only two games on Tuesday tonight that get played, get played. So, but, and, the, and there's reasonings for that as well. Reasons. I believe that. And mainly it has to do with stop me. If you've heard this before, the, five on five play. Um, I went through and I looked at a lot of different statistics for the team as a whole. And I feel like we should do this team versus players. Uh, we'll do team this segment and then maybe talk about the players that have impressed and not impressed us in segment three, but the team as a whole, I what do you want the good stuff or the bad stuff first, Scotty? You tell me. Um, 
let's start with the bad. I mean, we already you already mentioned the five on five play, well, and, and you're talking about why you know, like if you had to guess right now, you'd say we just missed the playoffs. Let's start with the bad. Well, yeah, and it, again because of the five on five play, the possession metrics, yeah. the shot attempt metrics. I mean, in every single conceivable one, from the most basic stat at five on five, the shots for uh, the Red Wings currently rank 22nd in the league in uh, shots for percentage. So, I mean, that is your shots for versus shots against. They're getting out shot as a whole uh, throughout these 10 games this season. Um, ex- Corsi four percentage, they rank 27th. So shot attempts, that's how b- poorly they're getting shot out, shot attempted this season as they rank 27th in the league at five on five. And then expected goals four percentage. When you apply um, some quality to those shot attempts, they now rank uh, 24th. So a little bit better. So just as a whole, the Red Wings aren't getting a whole lot of shot attempts, a whole lot of shot quality shot attempts, and just in general, shots in general. I said general twice there, but you get my point. Yeah, you know, they're not, they're not, <laughs> they're not ge- uh, generating a ton of shots or shot attempts at all at five on five. And that's worrisome. It's, but the bright side to this, the good part uh, here is that the Red Wings are seventh in the league in goals for percentage that's total goals for four versus total goals against. And they are first in the league at five on five goals. So the Red Wings, despite the fact that they're bottom 10 in shots for right. shot attempts for and um, quality shot attempts for percentage for all three of those, they are first in the league in goals for and seventh in goals for percentage. So that is phenomenal thing to see especially how much this team is struggling to get possession and maintain possession. That speaks to me that this team is fan. And that's all at five on five, not even counting the special teams. That speaks to me. This team has an incredible finishing rate and that they are great at scoring off the rush. Um, But then the downside to that is that you would expect over time to start to come back down. And we kind of saw that during this three game skid up until the Red Wings scored four, well, I guess only three five-on-five goals in the game against the Islanders. So, you know, the great stuff is that the Red Wings scoring is happening, and it's been very, very good throughout these 10 games, despite a three-game skid. Uh, but you look at the down, the back the back side of that, and you go, okay, the numbers say that that'll probably come back down eventually. So it's a, it's a, two, it's a two-sided coin. They're playing very well. They're scoring a lot of goals, but you expect that to even maybe regress even more at a certain point. We saw a little bit of that in the three games. Well, yeah, and and I and I think uh, for me, like this is something that I've been <clears throat> kind of like vocal about so far early on. Like a lot of that comes back down to again, like the we still have a lack of depth scoring, and like this, the end of last season, we talked about just the lack of scoring in general. Like, okay, we need a goal scorer. They went out and they obviously got to Brinkett. They signed what eleven free agents. Like they went up to try to address a lot of that. And like Sprong, I think we'll get, you know, 15 to 20 and, and or maybe, you know, a little bit over 20. Hopefully if everything goes like swimmingly, maybe he can get 20 to 25, probably not 25. But like you get what I'm saying, like, you know, 22-ish maybe, like if everything clicks for Sprong and he, you know, a really solid year, I think that most people would be really happy with that. Valeno's obviously gotten off to a really good start this season. Um, but uh, uh, when it comes to depth scoring, when it comes to why we're I'm having this conversation – all roads point back to the fact that so far this year, half of your top six produces zero offense. That is not a sustainable product unless you have like the greatest top line in the history of hockey, right? Like 
you can't have half of your top six. You can't have the line that's presumably getting the second most minutes of ice time on the team produce no offense. And obviously we're coming off of an Islanders game in which like Comfer had a good game and, and, and that line did produce some offense, but like that 10 games in, if we're looking at, you know, lump sum, half of your top six does not produce goals. And like, that's going to be a, a big issue if you don't address it right now and you don't work with it and, and change it up a little bit to, yeah. uh, to maximize that. So like, I, I, I love the production of the top line. I love the fact that they're scoring a lot of goals, like you said, but the the fact that they're getting outshot on five on five, just very simplistically, just getting outshot, and the shots that they do have, we haven't seen really anybody step up in that, that middle six or probably, honestly, we can just focus just on the second line um, to really be like a legitimate offensive threat yet. And I think that that's like a, the next step. You got your top end goal scorer, now let's move down the line, literally move down a line and uh, and get some on the second line here. Yeah, and, and not to get too morbid either. I mean, I it's still, again, 10 games in, it's still too early to tell. Yeah, These oh, are just yeah. trends that this we've noticed. All just- fixable, and, and I, yeah, I still think the Wings are going to be playing meaningful hockey in March and April, which is, like, awesome. Just as I don't think the Red Wings are going to maintain being the best five-on-five goal-scoring team in the league throughout the rest of the 72 games, um, as well as the 13th best team at goals against, um, I, I do think that this team will eventually find its way, you know, to be a little bit better of a possession team. They're going to get more shot attempts. They're going to get more, uh, quality shot attempts. I think both of those things are going to start inching their way towards the middle. So if this team can find itself kind of in the middle in terms of expected goals, four percentage, Corsi four percentage shot attempts, whatever you want to say middle of the pack with how good we think their special teams is going to be this year. If they can be middle of the pack in five on five, they'll be in the conversation for a playoff spot. Yeah. So while I think the goals four will dip, I think that the possession numbers will increase. Right. We're not asking for the world. <laughs> We're yeah. asking for a middle of the road, five on five team. No one's out here asking for, um, you know, for asking for like a top five powerhouse. Yeah, uh, we're taking a quick break and we return. Uh, we'll mention that special teams very briefly because that's been a huge positive for this team early on in this season. Uh, but first, got to take a quick break and talk to you guys today about Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Debrinket could score 50 goals. He very well could. Uh, he's been quiet the last couple of games, but he's very capable of going on huge tears. And the Red Wings could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our choice, our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like McDavid, McKinnon, Ovechkin, I already said it, the Brinkett, Larkin, We'll record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. Remember when Scotty tried to clown on me about saying who so yesterday when it very clearly says you can bet saves? Uh, to win 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Red Wings fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can win big. Use promo code Lockdown NHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. That's code Lockdown NHL. See sleepers ter- terms of use for details and locational availability. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, Scotty, 
we're talking about things and trends we've noticed with the team through 10 games. The special teams is the huge boon of this team so far. Now, now I know the power play has been kind of quiet the last couple games. They haven't produced a ton. But even despite that, with as explosive of a start that they've had, um, they're still, I believe, third or fourth in the NHL. Let me double check. Fourth in the NHL with a 32.4 percentage. That's gonna that percentage is gonna continue to deep dip rather as the second best team was 25 percent in the league last year. The best was 35 in Edmonton, and you're at 32 right now. So there's no way you're gonna have that percentage by the league year's end. Um, but they have been great through the first 10 games of the season, obviously producing a ton that Seattle game. They scored three back-to-back power play goals. It was insane. But even in games like the Islanders game the other night where they didn't score, the power play was still getting looks and making good passes. It's just about figuring out when to pass and when to shoot the passing in and the power play has been absolutely fantastic. And I talked about it early on in the season. Like this power play has the potential of being top 10 in the league. And so far they have been, they just got to, I mean, to bring it hit a goalpost or the crossbar on a power play shot yesterday, they were this close to converting. So this power play is legit. The penalty kills 13th in the league. We talked about it before the season. We would have been happy with both of these being a top 15. And right now the penalty kill as well. Penalty kill only allowing one goal against the Islanders the other day has been pretty solid for the Red Wings throughout the season as well. Kind of gets under, uh, undervalued, underappreciated because how good the power play is. But both these special teams has very much been carrying the team so far. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the, the power play, uh, I would I would use the word has carried the team. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, you know, we have come on here after a few wins. I've been like, wow, we got absolutely outplayed five on five for, you know, 70, 80% of this game. And now, uh, you know, we're, we're on the winning side of it because the power play went two for four, right? Like, mm-hmm. That that's been a that's already been 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 a reoccurring theme for the Wings uh, so far this season, and yeah, like we're we're really excited about the power play. That's certainly something that's trending up. Like I said, uh, I I'm very and then to your point, the penalty kill I think has been pretty solid as well. If we can have a middle of the pack or slightly better PK and a top ten power play, uh, I think again, like we're going to be in that conversation and playing meaningful hockey there later in the year. I think that that's a that's a big step in the right direction, obviously. Absolutely. Now let's move on to the players too. We're already kind of running out of time here. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want to give a quick shout out. You already mentioned, you know, Joe Valeno having a huge start to the trending, season. He might be the h- biggest trending up on the team. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately. I mean, he's, he's been a huge pro, a uh, huge pro for this team. Huge yes. boom for this team early on in the season. Cr- contract year, down year last year, did not get a very good contract for this bridge contract, for this one-year deal, I believe it is, as an RFA. Lot to prove, and he's proved it. He looks faster. He looks stronger. He's involved in the corners and both ends of the play. He's all like this. This is the Joe Valeno I thought the Red Wings were getting when they drafted him. With how good his shot has been, and his hands have been good too. I mean, look at that goal he scored against the Boston Bruins. Absolutely phenomenal. Obviously, as well, Scotty, you mentioned the top line. Debrinket has been as advertised for the Detroit Red Wings. He currently not only does he is he second on the team in points with thirteen and ten games, nine goals, four assists. He also leads the team in expected goals above replacement at six point six. He which is crazy because his actual goals above replacement is 4.1. So yeah. to bring it, despite being second on the team with 13 and 10 ex- goals, expected goals above replacement believes he should be performing even better than his actual result is rewarding him. I'm assuming that's because he keeps hitting the post as well. So he has been an absolute revelation. Dylan Larkin and they have been feeding off each other. And of course, Lucas Raymond, the overtime goal the other day has looked stronger. Hasn't been necessarily been rewarded on the score sheet. 
uh, like the other two has, but he has looked a lot stronger and more involved in the play. I've liked what I've seen out of Lucas Raymond as well. And he's second on the team um, in goals above replacement as well at 4.1. So I see people talk about Lucas Raymond, like he hasn't been doing much, but that's just because he isn't showing up on the score sheet. Doesn't mean he isn't doing impactful things to lead the goals. He's fourth yeah, well, on the yeah, team I mean, just second goals above it, replacement as well. You know, one game sample size versus nine is obviously not really a fair comparison, but just eye test the, the top line and in, in the opening night versus the next nine. You know what I mean? Like I, I think Raymond's a much better fit up there too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also want to say, leave the goalies alone. We are the goalie defenders. Uh, Vili Huso currently, I have this up. I just got to find the right page. He is currently 12th in the league at goal saved above expected with 5.02. So yeah. Okay. You want to argue he lets in a softy here and there. You know what? I will take that one softy when the rest of the 59 minutes he is playing, he is playing lights out hockey. And he has done that in pretty much every single game he has played, except I think save one where I was disappointed with the game that he played. And I'm trying to remember exactly which game that was, but that's neither here nor there. He has been very good for the Detroit Red Wings. He has an above 900 save percentage and his uh, goal said above expected is 5.02 and shout out um, James Reimer as well in the backup role and just three games played. So small sample size, right? But James Reimer is currently, I believe, 26th in the league uh, in goals saved above expected at 2.19. So he's played three games, and he's put up a goal saved above expected of 2.19, also a above 900 save percentage. That shutout he played against Columbus had a big help as well for James Reimer. But, I mean, he's got a better goal saved above expected than Connor Hellebach of the Winnipeg Jets, who just stonewalled the Red Wings just a couple right. of games ago. I mean, there are starters on this list that are playing worse then both of the Red Wings to go net minders. They have played really well. And this was a big question mark for the Red Wings going into the season. We said that if this team was going to fail and flounder, it was going to be because the goaltending doesn't live up to expectations. And so far they have been keeping the Red Wings in it much like they did early last season. It's just about giving them support. So they don't collapse halfway through. Yeah. Sustainability is big. I, 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 Huso deserves his flowers. Absolutely. I don't have too much else to add. I just, I agree with everything you say though. I'm going to make that clear. If Reimer plays how he's been playing so far to start the season, the rest of the year, this is going to be a, a much better goalie situation than we thought. And like Huso is obviously he he's one a, he's going to be the, the higher priority as terms of like what kind of production you're getting on a night to night basis. And we need him to, to, to be effective deeper into the season than he was last year for sure. That that's obviously true, not denying it, but uh, last season, like one of the reasons why Huso fell apart was because of the just absolute like workhorse he had to become because we literally didn't have a backup of mm. uh, at, at points um, or at least not a, any effective one that we wanted to play even remotely consistently. So I, I think Grimer is a huge piece to this puzzle and, and he's been really solid to start off the year. If he gets that ish level of production, even close to what he's done is what's he started two games so far. Um, if, if he can maintain, you know, how he's looked, uh, I, I think that uh, that the goalie situation that was kind of, like you said, maybe the biggest question mark on the team going into the year um, will uh, will soften a lot, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to quickly talk about the defense as well. Uh, I think there are three defenders I specifically want to note as being impactful to, for the Red Wings so far this season. I mean, first and foremost, Shane Gossespierre has been Phenomenal for the Detroit Red Wings. He's Instant so impact forward, uh, forward offensive-minded defenseman for the Detroit Red Wings. Fourth on the team and expected goals above replacement. 
Uh, and also, I believe he is up there with the, all of defensemen in the NHL. He's 18th in the league and expected goals above replacement right now. He has, I don't know, uh, let's see here, nine points in 10 games for Shane Gossespierre with his new Detroit Red Wings team. I mean, that's uh 82-point pace. Not that he'll keep that up, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So it's a great start. Right, but yeah. <laughs> Um, great start for Shane Goss And then of course the top pair of Jake Woolman and Moritz Sider. I do have a little bit of criticism with them, but on the offensive side of the puck, they have been huge. Moritz Sider is point per game right now, 10 points in 10 games, one goal, nine assists. He just picks up primary and secondaries. Like it's nobody's business. I don't think people quite understand the impact that he has on the offensive blue line, his ability to maintain the puck, his ability to see his, his incredible vision he has from his the ability puck. to keep the puck in the zone. I know we've talked about it a lot and, and people that have like listeners have talked about it a lot too, man. His ability to keep the puck in the zone zone is like second to none. It's, it's like truly remarkable. And then it brings us to Jake Wallman, the guy who I think is honestly pushing to, to becoming the most important defenseman on this Red Wings team. And I, there, I said it. Uh, he is third on the team and expected goals above replacement. He is a top 10 defender in goal, top five defender in the league at expected goals above replacement, which I've been saying that word a lot this, this episode. I understand that. And goals above replacement is just literally how many more goals this player provides versus a you know, a depth player like Zach Aston Reese, like that is a replacement level player, a player you bring up to the NHL to just fill a spot in the roster. And right now, Jake Wolman is a fifth best player in that category behind Chitron, Har uh, Thomas Harley of Dallas Stars, Drew Doughty, Sean Dersey, and then there's Jake Wolman at fifth. He has been absolutely stellar offensively and defensively, but I do think Wolman and Sider as a pair do have some to clean up uh, defensively because in the defensive zone, they're out there for a lot of goals against. I know they're playing the most difficult minutes, but typically their expected goals for percentage in a lot of games hasn't been that great because they just tend to give up a lot of shot attempts and a lot of quality shot attempts. But I do think that will, of course, I mean, we've seen it last season. Matt Moritz Sutter takes a little bit of time to pick up and he's been better each consecutive game. This last goal against game against the Islanders, he was fantastic. But I think offensively, Wallman and Sutter have been as good as advertised. It's just defensively, I think there's a little bit to be cleaned up on. Yeah, I mean, for for me, I I I um I don't disagree with any, anything you said. I think for the biggest question on the blue line for me is the second pair, um, just like what it's going to be consistently throughout the season. Sounds like they like Ghost Despair at third pair on five v five, and then just use him every power play. That seems like it's going to be the, the the method going forward. Um, but between Mata, Sherratt, uh, and uh, and Hall, like that kind of revolving door of what the second pair has been so far, um, yeah, I, I, that's like my biggest question mark is how sustainable and how effective is that second pair going to be throughout the rest of the season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Sherratt's been serviceable too. I think he's looked yeah, better. I think been looked better than than what we thought he was going to be. Um, uh, Justin Hall, good game, bad game here and there, and. Jeff Petrie haven't been very impressed with thus far. And Olimata is who we think he is. Petrie so also missed a lot of time already. Yeah. So. I have literally have no, like, M Mata is literally who we think he is, and you know that's the case when I'm, like, trying to think of impactful plays he does offensively, and there's just zero, but then I'm also trying to think of if he's messed up defensively, and I also can't think of any. I'm like, this guy knows his role in <laughs> depth right, defender, which, man. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, but I mean, I have more, but that's like all my major thoughts. We're at yeah, that's, those minutes. are my major ones too. So there's our early 10 game in thoughts on the season thus far trends. We've noticed, obviously again, too early to tell, but there's a lot to be happy about and 
quite a bit to work on as well. So we'll be back with a new episode tomorrow where we will preview the game against the Florida Panthers divisional matchup. So stay tuned for that. Same time. Oh, sorry. Any final thoughts? We ball. We ball. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.